Welcome to Dub Nation, the official show of the Utah Warriors of Major League Rugby. I am Jerem Jordan alongside Banksy. And Owen start to the two start to the season, but two losses by five points. Big game at Austin coming up Saturday. A lot to be excited about, but so many different layers of disappointment during this match, and we'll get all to it as we recap things. Yeah, some controversy in this one. I got some things to say, Jerem Jordan. <laughs> Oh, we're going to have to decide if we can curse on this. Uh, we're live on the Utah Warriors Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube accounts. Subscribe to the podcast version on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Send in questions and comments if you have them. Here, here's what's on the rundown. We will recap the controversial game at Seattle, a close loss by three. Week two score standings. We will preview the games coming up and make our picks. Robbie Abel will join us, the new forwards coach. He's in town, and he is with the squad. We cannot wait to talk to the former uh, Maori All Black. We'll preview the matchup with Austin. Ah, there were some good games last year with Austin. And Niall Saunders, new scrum half from the English Premiership Harlequins, played a little bit with uh, Warrior Number One Policique. We'll join the program as well. But first, let's recap the game. So Utah loses at Seattle, twenty to seventeen. Thursday night. This was two games in five days. Thursday night rugby. Again, a tough first half. Banksy, where Utah only scores three again. In back-to-back weeks, Cliven Lopes for penalty kick in the 27th. Two converted tries were allowed and nearly another, uh, but the Warriors held it up at the end of the half. So at 14-3, to it was like, okay, this team's got to turn it on again in the second half. You know, the initial first half I thought was good, not great. Obviously, the Warriors still working out some of the kinks in the attack with uh, some new faces in new places in that lineup. But we saw them in the second half really start to put some things together Barring a little controversy, you know, the team played better, I think, in week two than we did in week one, you know, improving on the chemistry and the the building blocks that this uh, coaching staff put up. It was a second half team last year. It's a second half team this year. Just need maybe a little more in the first half, and then that can yield a win in the second half. Okay, 44th minute, Calvin Whiting knocks it on inside the five. That was tough. You're, You're trying to get back in this game. Here's where it starts to get interesting. Uh, 59th minute. Yellow card on Kellen Gordon, who was already in for an injured, this the starting loose uh, loose head prop. So Kellen Gordon goes at, out. Seattle ends up playing somehow 15 on 15 during this yellow card time. How did yeah. this happen? That's really the big question, isn't it? How does this happen? I mean, Utah is able to pour on all the pressure. They're dominant at the scrum. They're completely destroying Seattle and do the entire game. Then they're supposed to go a man down and they have a replacement sub come in. They make this incredible goal line stand, which makes them look fantastic. And then all of a sudden, after a mistake from the Warriors, the fourth official comes out and says, hey, guys, wait a minute. There's 15 men on the field and we've got people counting heads and no consequence for it. Supposed to be playing a man down. They probably played five of the 10 minutes of that yellow card at full strength with absolutely zero consequence. And it really forced the Warriors to make more of the game than they should have when they could have capitalized on a position, a man down for Seattle and not able to do it. I mean, look, the Warriors have to close out their attacking opportunities, knock-ons inside the five meter and a bunch of other opportunities, lineouts at the five through several different opportunities. Seattle played well, but they played well because they had an unfair advantage. And then you get into uncontested scrums because you don't have enough guys. But Utah was dominating the scrum, so that played into Seattle's hand. And that was really that was really hard for Utah. When, again, the reason for the uncontested scrums, 
uh, under dubious circumstances with trainers on the field and replacement hookers being told to go down and stay down. You know, I mean, it really, at this point, five years into the league, we've seen the audiences come out to the games. We've seen the reach of rugby grow. We've seen players come in from all over the world. And yet here we are with the officiating and the management of the league holding back the game of rugby. And we saw it in probably the worst way in this game in Seattle. Never mind the way the game ended, which it ended on what should have been a penalty for Utah and a chance to go on the attack again. That referee knew he had a shocker and was just praying to get off the field in time. So, you know, Utah had its destiny in its own hands and weren't able to close it out. We really should have won that game by two, maybe three tries. But, you know, you can't fight 17 men, which is what they were trying to do through a large portion of this game. And, and you just can't win sometimes against those odds. The league and this referee committee and staff of uh, referees and assistants has to do a significantly better job. They're holding back the rugby in America right now. Okay, let's go to the 68th minute after all that got sorted out. AJ Alatimu tacked on three more with the penalty goal in the 68th. Then Bailey Wilson scores. Cliven Lobster converts. And it's 17-10 with nine minutes left. Like, this is this is a game now after this first try. And uh, the comeback kids are going to do it again, right? Um, Alatimu made another penalty goal to make back. it 20-10 with six minutes. As you see here, the, uh, the, the penalty goal to make it 17-3. Then Bailey Wilson scores. Cliven Lobster converts. It's a game now, but it's 20 to 10 with six minutes left. But Chad Goff in the 78th um, scores a try. And this was this was a heck of a play. It was great ball from Chad. You know, he found himself on the outside. This just shows you what an asset he can be as a playmaker with the ball in hand. Despite some of his other earlier mistakes at the line out, you know, the ball comes loose. You see it skip over the top of Paul Mullen. Chaddy's got a lot of work to do on the outside. I mean, that's a 30-meter jaunt. <laughs> with some tough defense in front of him, the you know the the hooker steps two backline players there and is able to go in for the 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 try there. So great work from Chad and showing you know really what this Warriors team is capable of, no matter who's got the ball in their hands. Then uh, Utah has you know the restart and has has the pill for a little while, and unfortunately you referenced it before. There was a knock-on called in a breakdown that didn't look like it was ever knocked on. It looked like it was just a ball laid back and wasn't played, and it was called a knock-on, and then the game unfortunately ends on that. Well, and the way the game ended, too, I mean, with no extra time, there was significant amounts of injury stoppage in the first half, you know, and there was almost no extra time played. And again, at the end of the game, it was a scrum for Seattle. Utah blew up the scrum and destroyed it. It should have been a penalty to Utah with the advantage in extra time inside Seattle's half, just inside halfway. The referee just blew the full-time whistle as Seattle kicked it out and gave them the win. We just need Scott Green to ref uh, more games. So he gives eight minutes like against San Diego. <laughs> so another close loss. It's now two losses by five points, as we mentioned. Uh, one bonus point for being within seven. Just two tries, so no bonus point there. A couple other notes uh, on this one. 50th match in Warriors history. Uh, snaps the two-game win streak in Seattle. Now 2-4-1 and one versus Seattle. Fifth fewest points in team history, 17. This team is used to scoring a lot. But it's also tied for the fifth fewest points allowed at 20. And again, they meet April 23rd in Harriman. So you want to be at that one. You know, there's a lot still to look forward to from this team, from this season. It's a very long season. So even at 
0-2 right now for this Utah Warriors team. There's a lot to build on and a lot of rugby left to be played. You know, for things having not gone our way, things are so close to being electric for this team. We saw moments in the second half when Mikey Tao got more involved in the middle of the field alongside Caleb McInerney and Cliven Lobser. Things started to open up. We started to string more phase play together, you know, seven, eight, nine phases, sucking the defense in and forcing the mistakes. So if we can continue to build on this structure, you know, playing teams like Austin, who, oh, by the way, just set a record as the fastest team to score 100 points in a season, you know, as daunting as it may be, this Warriors team is very much up to the challenge of playing at that caliber. And let's go. They've got to, and we'll preview that coming up. The dot vote man of the match was Cliven Lopser at fly half. Clevin's uh, played uh, well the last couple of weeks, certainly offensively in the first half, got to uh, generate some more points. You know, and I think this is just Cliven settling into the system and figuring out that chemistry with uh, two new guys playing at number nine in front of him, as well as, you know, some faces, like I keep saying, in new places, you know, with not having Mikey Teo at 15 and having Caleb McInerney back there, where Caleb inserts himself into the attack and choosing those moments to to come up into the line and be a factor is a chemistry thing that takes time to develop. And these guys have literally had 160 minutes on the pitch to sort that out. That's it. So it's going to take time to develop. And with the talent and skill that they have, it's going to get there. I have to believe it's going to get there. We've seen too many flashes of incredible rugby for me not to believe that. Absolutely. So second half is where it's at. 40 of the 47 points or 41 of the 47 have been scored, I think, in the second half, which is pretty crazy. Yuri Van Buren had 17 tackles, by the way. And uh, you have Franco Vandenberg as the lone rep on the first 15 with the league. He had nine carries. 19 breakdown arrivals, which is pretty good for Lucid, right? And one offload. Well, and for having come off and subbed off and then having to come back in again on the injury substitution, you know, full credit to Franco. He was a factor the entire game at front row. Uh, all six of those guys that played at the front row for the Warriors deserve all kinds of credit. They destroyed and thoroughly embarrassed Seattle at the scrum to the point where they had to maybe play a little gamesmanship and taking the uncontested scrums completely against the spirit of the game to force a win here. And, you know, if we look back at the tape and see what happened, you I mean, you can clearly tell they had no answer for what the Warriors were doing at scrum time. It's true. It's true. Stay with us. We're going to talk with Robbie Abel, forwards coach, as well as Niall Saunders, a uh, new scrum half on the team who got the start in Seattle. Uh, but first, you got to come watch this team play coming up uh, in a couple of weeks here. Absolutely incredible scenes and the best home field advantage in Major League Rugby and Dub Nation. Boy, do we need you now more than ever down an O2 hole. Make sure you get your 2022 flex packages and season tickets. They're all available now, starting with that March 5th home opener. Call 801-477-7652. Get your tickets, get your season tickets, get your flex packages, all your single game tickets, all available now. 801-477-7652. And we'll see you at Zions Bank Stadium. Absolutely. Okay. On to week two or round two, as they call it, uh, in Major League Rugby. Rugby ATL takes down NOLA. This one was a tight one. This was a, this was a Southern brawl here, 14 to nine. Game winner in the 68th from Rugby ATL. Rugby uh, New York beat Houston 10-7. little bit of a shocker after Houston upset LA, right? Uh, New York gets it done. San Diego beat Dallas. This was a great game, 37-29. Legion came back down nine in the final 20 minutes, scored three tries. Giltinis beat the Arrows 31-16. Uh, Arrows were actually up at half in the first game since 2019, by the way, in Toronto. Crazy. And then Austin, you mentioned it. 
57 to 12. They've scored a hundy this year. In just the first two rounds, you know, there's no easy weeks in Major League Rugby. We keep saying it over and over and over again. You know, it's anybody's 80 minutes come game day and really showing it. This was a week I was really curious about because it's a lot of East versus West matchups here and the top tier teams in the East facing off against some real competition. So I think we saw a lot of close matches because of that. And a lot of teams show a lot of grit in the results they got. I don't actually remember what we picked last week. Let's talk through it. Who picked what again? <laughs> I have no idea because I'm not an expert on anything. I'll review the tape. We'll go back. We'll keep Run going. it back and we'll feature yeah. it on the weekend. Run it back. I forgot. Uh, standings through week two. So uh, in the West, Austin and San Diego are the only two teams who have had two five-pointers. You win with four points. You get a bonus point if you score four plus tries. Okay, they're in the driver's seats in the West. Seattle, eight. Houston, five. Utah 0-2, but three points, right? Dallas 0-2, but zero points. Those bonus points matter. Then in the Eastern Conference, Atlanta looking super strong. Granted, not everyone's played two games. New England and New York at four right there. NOLA 1, Toronto 0, DC 0. Toronto losing the first two, um, you know, that's, that's tough to climb out of as well. Utah's the only team to come out of the first two weeks with two losses, but three bonus points. So there's at least that. You know, and you look at, again, the competition with a tough Seattle team and a tough San Diego team now going into Austin in week three. We're really talking about top of the table clashes here with yep. all three of those uh, early season opponents. So the, I guess, league leaders last year in bonus points really showing why they were the class of the league and taking that second spot into the playoffs and will be in contention for a playoff spot this year because even in losses, they compete in those closely contested matches and come away with points. That's going to make a difference 18 weeks into this season. And it's super early, like you said. If if I told you before the season, hey, first two weeks, Utah's going to score three points in each first half. Do they get any points out of that? Not likely, right? So to get three points out of that situation, certainly have some work to do. Okay, week three, Old Glory DC taking on New England in the uh, in the Patriotic Cup. I don't know what they call it. They probably should have something like that. Who you got in that one? Uh, flip a coin. I don't know. I'll take whoever you don't take in that one. Uh, give me the free jacks. Okay, I'll go DC. Uh, rugby ATL against Rugby New York. These were some battles last year between these two. That's the, uh, the replay of the Eastern Conference final last year. I'm taking Rugby ATL in that one. Okay, I'll go New York, who I believe won both, question mark. They at least split last year. Nola Gold taking on Toronto. This That's going to be a fun one. Uh, they're playing in New Orleans. Nola looked good last week. I'll take New Orleans over in, in that matchup over Toronto. I'll, I'll go Toronto. They get off the schneid. Dallas Tough putting the arrows in an 0-3 hole. I can see how you'd make that pick. <laughs> I'll go Houston over Dallas. Um, I, I've been waiting for Dallas to win that first one still. Uh, I think Dallas has got a chance. They looked a lot better and a lot more structured in uh, week two than they did in week one. Added a couple of pieces and some veteran leadership there with uh, Brendan Rams signing with them. He was with Austin for the first uh, couple of years of the MLR season. So he, Chad London, and several of those other guys in Dallas are going to start putting some really good rugby together. And a Houston team that has been up and down is probably the nicest way to say it. There's a lot of talent there. They could hang 40 on you but they could also go for a skunk. So, you know, don't be surprised if Dallas comes away with the dub in that, but I'll pick Houston. Okay, we don't pick Utah, of course. We always think they're going to win. Uh, San Diego-Seattle, perhaps the game of the week in terms of just the matchup so far in the standings. 
Ooh, it's in San Diego. I'll go Legion in this one because I'm gonna they're... I'm gonna pick San Diego just because I don't like the way the Sea Wolves have played and the things that they are doing that uh, I believe are against the spirit of the game. I have made a decision that is a dirty rugby team, and I'm going on record as saying it here and right now. Tell me how you really feel, Banksy. Okay, that's, <laughs> those are our picks in week three. Okay. The Warriors have made a trade. Uh, the Warriors acquired Colson Warner from Rugby ATL, 25th overall pick in the 21 MLR draft out of Lindenwood. So Connor Burns is like, what's up, homie? My Lindenwood lion, let's go. So uh, Colson will join the team as a utility back. You know, strengthens the already deep back line that this Utah Warriors have. This is a kid that's played a lot of sevens rugby and I think is really kind of looking to maybe take that Logan Tongo route and try and use the experience of the Utah Warriors to get a look at that USA sevens program and maybe break in there because I think that's really where he's best. He's going to have a lot of uh, waiting to do to get some significant playing minutes, barring any significant injury behind this very talented Warriors back line, but a really, really good pickup by the Utah Warriors front office and getting a kid with the uh, resume and ability of Colson Warner. And you're right. It's the stacked group. So we'll see where he kind of fits in when all is said and done. So the Warriors team store has added a ton of new 2022 gear. If you want all of the latest, make sure you get it, including the new sideline apparel from Paladin. Make sure you get your hands on it for week one at home when the Warriors make their debut at Zions Bank Stadium. Go to shop.warriorsrugby.com and make sure you've got all the best kit in Major League Rugby, including the special Warriors five-year anniversary patch that shows up on a lot of that kit. It is incredible as a tribute to the fifth year of professional rugby here in the United States and the Utah Warriors being one of the original teams. That's March 5th, the home opener against Dallas. Should be fun. Alex Tucci back in the house, we think. Okay, let's welcome in our first of two guests today. He's the forwards coach, great experience playing in Australia, New Zealand, Super Rugby with the Force, Brumbies, Rebels, Waratahs, Maori All Blacks as well. He is Robbie Abel, who's finally here with the Warriors. Robbie, what's up, man? Good, fellas. Uh, great to be here. Sorry if you if uh, it seems like I'm uh, hiding in the corner of my house, running away from my kids. It's because I am. Um, <laughs> so if, if you. If you hear a bit of banging, a bit of noise, and uh, some kids yelling, yeah, that's mine. Yeah, and if you hear a dog barking, that's mine. Yes, it, <laughs> it's the reality. Absolutely. Great to have you here. What What was it like to finally get here? Because this was announced three months ago. It's not easy to get everybody into the States to get to the team in time and whatnot. So, But you're finally here. What was the process like? Yeah, finally here. It's... Um... Yeah, it was quite a process just with, with the visas and stuff, but yeah, stoked to finally be here. You know, it, it, uh, it took a little bit, but um, yeah. Let's, uh, oh, we may have lost yeah. him there. Let's talk about, Robbie, the pathway to the Warriors and uh, and what made you decide to come to the USA to, to coach? I know a lot of guys from the MPC and from that, whether we call it the Mitre 10 you know, uh, there's a lot of provincial guys now that are finding their way over to America. And now we have you coming over as a coach. How does that process look as you get involved with the Warriors? Um, oh, I guess uh, for myself and probably for, for all the other boys that are sitting in New Zealand, Australia, wherever, watching, you know, there's um, there's always a lot of excitement around American sports and and mm. what, uh, what this country, um, yeah, can do with sports. You know, there's... Uh, it's 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 amazing so it's great to see um you know what what uh it can do with rugby and um 
you know, myself, along with a lot of the other boys that have come across, be they coaches, players, um, yeah, just love to have a bit of an experience there and and jump in and contribute and see where where rugby can get to in a country like this. Did I read that you're 32? Is that right? Yeah, 32, 32, yeah. So some of the guys are older than you. Uh, yeah. You know, like Ali Khalifi, he's like 38, you know, 39, still going, which is awesome. What What's that like as kind of a, a recent player – Who's now in the coaching side of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's um, it's it's awesome for me. It's awesome for me to kind of be around guys that are similar age. The other coach, the other coaches in the staff are similar age to me as well. Um, you know, so it's um, it's great to be around around uh, a lot of old heads and and to probably be in a team that's lucky enough to have those kind of players that are that are five years in um, to the MLR, uh, have international experience, all of that. Um, it's great to be able to have those guys to lean on and to use their experience in, in helping uh, the boys come through. That's For me, it's, it's, it's a lot of learning, and, um, yeah, it's an awesome opportunity. So uh, why Utah then, you know, specifically? Does, like, Sparksy just call you and be like, hey, bro? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of. Well, I actually called them, to be honest. So, um, yeah, I, I'd uh... – I'm still with Auckland, with Auckland back in um, back home. So, um, doing a bit of playing there and coaching there as well. So we've been we've been kind of in discussions around, um, yeah, around a few different things around players and Jamie Lane's here and, and a few things like that. And then it, it just happened to happen to come up in conversation that they're looking for a Fords coach. And lucky enough, we're able to work it out with with Auckland to be able to do both. And to, uh, to work that into to what I'm trying to do post-rugby. So, yeah, it's awesome. Well, look, shouts out to Stephen Bates. If he ever gets you any trouble on that, you let me know. He was uh, he was my classmate at Kelston. <laughs> really? Kelston? So, Batesy and I went to school together at, uh, at Kelston. So, if he ever sweats you for anything, you let me know. I'll give him a shout. Uh, that's, out, that's us out west. <laughs> Wait, so, are you, are you not retired as a player? Is that what you're telling me? You you could still play for Auckland, or that was in the past? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not. Yeah, so I'm not retired. I'm actually still signed to play. Yeah. Wait, but you you're coaching only with the Warriors, or could you play at some point? Well, at at this point, no. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm only coaching. I mean, we've the the hooker the hooker stocks that we've got are great, you know. So um, I'm actually still signed to coach. I mean, still signed to coach and play end of the year with with Auckland. Um, but for, for my learning and my growth, this was an opportunity that was just too good to, to turn down, you know, especially. So I'm not expecting to play, no, but, um, you know, I did bring my boots. Hey, you did bring your boots. So does this mean you're in the weight room sometimes with the guys? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Wait, have you seen some of our boys? I can't lift with them. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> so talk about now, you say, you know, the the world is watching the development of American sport. I mean, obviously we've just had the Super Bowl and that's one of the biggest spectacles in sport. The Olympics going on right now. What is the vibe overseas of the development now of the professional game here? Because there's heaps of guys, including, you know, Modi All-Black teammate Dan Pryor playing in San Diego. You know, Ma'a is there. There's guys from all over the world now who are making the trip to America to play. What is the perception of the level of rugby in America as you see it coming up from Auckland? Yes, the perception is that it, it's it's great rugby and it's progressing really fast. Um, you know, the uh, the competition 
is is moving at, at such a good rate in terms of um, the players that are coming, the abilities that are coming, and the abilities of, of, of the American players here. I, I love the mindset of of the local talent, uh, the willingness to learn, all of that. You know, it's um, and from the outside looking in, I think you can see that. You know, you can see uh, the enthusiasm around the game from the players, and you can see year to year on year how it's been how it's been progressing. So um, yeah, I've I've watched that very closely from I've watched all five years or all four so far um, of the MLR as have a lot of other players so, and coaches around around the world. So it's great. Uh, it sounds like you have a connection to Jamie Lane. Um, he's with the team here now. Um, what, what's he going to be like? Because I know he's one of those new additions that uh, Sean Pittman is very excited about. Yeah, for sure. Very handy player. He's a very handy player, smart line-out caller, uh, very good operator. Um, and I think he's learning a lot here too, you know, like there's, there's a lot of things that he's able to, to able to give to the team and a lot of things that, that the boys are able to kind of, you know, show him and, and, and there's a good trade-off of, of skill and ability. And I think for a lot of guys that are in that, in that, um, in that realm of where Jamie Lane is at, maybe they're in New Zealand, haven't quite picked up that super contract that they're probably a year away from getting perfect spot to get to you know, to be able to give the knowledge that they have, but then also be able to learn from the coaches and the, um, and the players that are here. Does he ever not smile? Who, Jamie? Yeah. Oh, he's a great kid. He he's always kid. smiling. Yeah, yeah, he is, he is, he is. He's a good high-energy guy and a great asset to have. We're glad he's here with us at the Warriors. So now you've come in. You've had a chance, obviously, to watch the Warriors from afar on tape, but now you're here as the forwards coach what do you see as the biggest strength in this forward pack? And what are you hoping to improve on the most with your influence and your experience? So, well, I guess in coming in, I'm just looking to kind of harness that, what we have and what our strength is, really, really elevate those, move those things forward. Our, our scrum is really good. You know, anything that we can do to move that 1% uh, uh, better, 2% better, anything. You know, um, our mall is good. We, we love the physical contact. And then just looking at how we can tighten all the other things that we're up, you know, around around our detail, around line out, our uh, detail around breakdown, all of those things. You know, I think um, we're, we've got players that are really hungry to learn and hungry for knowledge and uh, very smart players. And, um, yeah, I'm just looking to give anything that I can. Were you born on July 4th? I was, I was. I heard there's a, big, there's a big party for me. You're going to have fun on your birthday this year <laughs> oh, look, here in the States. As, as a personal favor on your arrival here in America, I've arranged a fireworks display for you that we'll have just for you on your birthday, all right? So I've, I've no, sent out an email to some friends, and we've kind of coordinated some things around town. As a personal favor, as a welcome to you, brother. Yeah, thanks, bro. Thanks. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And, and your brother Charlie plays for LA, is that right? Yeah, Charlie Horsey's down at LA. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean the feedback from from him from since being over mm -hmm. here, it's just such a, a great experience and um, you know some great rugby, and yeah, so it's, it's been awesome. It, is it going to be a little some fun conversation there pregame during the game with uh, you know March thirteenth and May twenty eighth against LA? Yeah, we actually already have a bet. Um, we actually already have a bet on between myself, hundred bucks. Uh, so I bet a hundred bucks that one of one of my boys will put a bigger shot on him than he will put on on any of ours. Um, 
So um, he's already told me that uh, he'd be waiting to collect his money. So we'll just have to see what happens. All I'm saying is, don't run at Tuvere Vungakoto's gap. If you're, if you don't, if you, if tell him, if he doesn't want to lose that money, don't run it too. Okay. Yeah, I'll tell him. I'll tell him. That's that's the smashed him line right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm good. Well, awesome, Robbie. We appreciate the time, man. We're so excited you're finally here with the team, um, and we look forward to the game at Austin. Let's get a, uh, an ending thought on what it's going to take to win here in Game Three. This is a big game considering the team's been real close to winning the last two weeks. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, it, it's really going to take the same thing as it will to to win every game from now on. This everything's progressing so quick. The team that adapts the best and that grows their game week on week is going to be the one that will be holding the trophy. That's for sure. So, I mean, we can't expect to just roll out what we rolled out the week before or the week before. And the week after, we can't expect to just to just roll out the same the same things. We have to continually adapt, um, you know, of, from, from watching all the games so far. You've seen teams come out and spank teams and then, and then lose the next week. You know, it, it's going to take progression. Um, so that's what we're looking to add. Any way that we can progress, any way we can get better, that's what we're looking to do. Love it. Okay, awesome. Well, thanks, Robbie. We appreciate the time, yeah? Awesome. Awesome, lads. Thank you very much, eh? Okay, Robbie Abel. None of the kids attacked him, so he found the right part of the house, which is pretty good. But, uh, I was worried my kids him. were going to come through the ceiling here at one point uh, as Robbie was talking there. So, uh, you know, he's such a great asset, such a great rugby character. He's been around the game a long time. And to have his knowledge and his ability and his skill set to pair with Coach Davies and Pittman, I think we've got a great coaching staff for this Warriors team. Agreed. And a guy that's not done, right? And, and that was fun to learn. I was like, oh, he's not done. He's still playing and coaching with Auckland. Officially not done. Unofficially not done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so look if you have watched the game of rugby and you want to know how to get your kids involved we've got good news for you all right registration for the junior warriors league is open now it closes on my birthday march 11th so make sure oh. you get registered today the junior warriors league is a co-ed touch rugby league for kids ages 6 to 12 it's non-contact to learn the basics and the the skill set that your kids need to fall in love with the game of rugby, and it's just $50. So go to junior, that's jr.warriorsrugby.com, junior.warriorsrugby.com. Get your kids signed up for the Junior Warriors program. Awesome stuff. I just put it in my phone, Banksy's birthday. Okay, let's go. <laughs> All right, let's preview the game with Austin. It's coming up Saturday night, 6 Mountain Time. You can watch it on KMYU. You can stream it on kslsports.com and the Rugby Network. You can listen to it on the radio. On Cool FM 105.5. We'll have that call on 105.5. Okay, huge game because Utah is 0-2 with three points. I don't know if Utah has to have a win given it's only week three of 16 games. But it sure feels like they need a win, right? Um, Austin's 2-0, one of the two teams that have had two five-pointers. Tied first in the West. They've scored 102 games. Ooh, it's a big game, Banksy. It's a big game. It is a big game, and you know, this could have postseason implications. Austin pushed Utah every inch and every minute of the way last year when they were in the hunt for the playoffs, and it's going to be the same this year. So getting a win, getting bonus points, going to be crucial for this Utah Warriors team to stay in the hunt. First, just to get off the slide, right? We'd love to see it get one and two and a big win in Austin, but nothing's a guarantee in Major League Rugby. So if they can come out of here with some points, 
and uh, and hopefully come out with a win, I think we're in good shape heading into the bye week and the home opener. It certainly isn't last year, but we hope it is against Austin. Uh, 45-24 win at home is the last meeting. Remember, they, they had the first game of the season on the road, and Utah won dramatically late. Austin missed a uh, would-be game-winning penalty kick. Utah led 24-0 in this. This, is, this was the most complete game of 80-minute rugby from Utah. It was fantastic. Um, try of the year came at home from Pruse all the way to Teo to Basket to Matt Jensen. It was amazing. Calvin Whiting played fly half in that game. It was a battle for second place. 45 points scored, second most in team history still to date. So it was a good result, but Austin is certainly better. Utah needs to show up in this one, especially in the first half. You know, it's going to take a full 80 minutes to beat this Austin side again. Now, the good news is I think the Utah Warriors have it in them, you know, as they continue to shuffle the right players with rest and getting the right positions and uh, and finding that rhythm and that chemistry that they're looking for. Uh, with two games behind them now, I think the staff has a good idea of who needs to be where and doing what. So I would look for this Warriors team to come out firing in that first 20 minutes and really kind of make a statement against this Gilgroni side. And they need it. Uh, this is a team that Utah has had the most success against in the, in the four-year, now five-year history of, of the club. 5-1-1, one, and one, haven't lost to Austin since 2018. How about that? A um, couple players to watch. Uh, Marcel Brocky, uh try last week versus, uh, you know, D.C. set up two others. Jake Turnbull, really good, powerful in the scrum. And then uh, Isaac Ross, a good line jumper, among others. This is a very talented group. Connor Mooneyham scored a couple of tries, former number one pick. You know, having uh, the weapons that they have, they've done a good job of building on the talents and the skill players that they've had in position through the first couple of years of competition. If the Utah Warriors can get back to what they do well, and that is own the set piece and dominate physically, things are going to open up for that center pairing that we've seen be so good through the last couple of years and a very entertaining back three. So it's going to start with the forward pack, establishing some kind of dominance and go forward ball at the scrum line out and in the contact area. And once that happens for this Utah Warriors team, things are really going to start going their way. Come on, boys. 0-2, got to have something special here this week against the team that they've won the most against. So Utah at Austin, Saturday night, 6 Mountain Time. You can check it out on KMYU, kslsports.com. Rugby Network, and Cool FM 105.5, as we mentioned. Okay, now the true test of how much you want to hang out with someone, Banksy, is if you go on a road trip with them. But how about a 10-hour road trip? Hey, mate, are you taking on a 10-hour road trip? I think I'll take Lance. Ooh. Lance is pretty energetic. Lancey. I would say Saya and Oli. Connor Burns, I'm taking him. Oli, because his music choice is incredible. Oli. Ali and Miko. Miko wouldn't say much. Now it would be a good time. He plays good music. It's Miko. Miko Crusade. Caffeine. I think Paul Mullen, he definitely has a few uh, cool stories, a few funny stories as well, so keep me entertained. Definitely Paul Mullen, he'd be talking the whole time. He's uh, definitely got a lot to chat about, so I think he'd take up for 10 hours to talk. What did you do? I'll go with Ali because he's got all the mixes. That's fine. Speak out of the Yuri, DJ Julie. Sure, Yuri, because he's an DJ. I didn't just pick Yuri because he picked me too. I had to say that. <laughs> That's great. Who who would you want to go on a road trip with? Ten hour. Oh, that's a tough one. There's so many great characters on this team. I think if you put Lance uh, Lance Williams and Yuri and Paul Mullen in the car together going somewhere, you're going to have yourself a good time on a road trip. 
Oh, 100%. I, I love that. Paul would be super fun. Uh, Bailey would be great. Calvin Whiting, my BYU guy, would be great. There's so many. My, you know, one of my favorite youths, Danny Christensen. Yeah, absolutely. I only have a few favorite youths. So, you know, <laughs> Danny, you know, consider yourself. I like, like that you know. gave him the honorable mention at the end yeah. after picking BYU players. Good job. Yeah. Will Stanley, <laughs> who just a uh, men's volleyball player who just got hired at Utah. I'm like, oh, one of my favorite youths. Okay, let's welcome in our second guest. I'm so excited this guy's on the team, man. Niall Saunders. This guy is a baller. Came off the bench against San Diego, started against Seattle. One of the newest additions to the team. Comes all the way from England and playing with the Harlequins. Niall, what's up, man? How you doing? Oh, good, man. How are you guys getting on? We're we're doing well. We're doing well. We're excited about uh, the game Saturday, which we'll talk to, uh, about in a second. But how did how did the Warriors come to be in a, in a possibility with you? And was there any connection with Paul Asike with Harlequins, who you uh, played with there? Who no, you, actually, funny enough, like zero uh, zero correlation between that. Um, it's just a, like <laughs> a, a happy coincidence that I ended up in Utah, but. Um, no, it was it was quite a bizarre one because I, I didn't really think I'd, I'd probably play rugby um, that much of it again, to be honest, after I left Harlequins because uh, I just wasn't enjoying it. And um, I took took uh, about a year and a half off the game completely. And then um, I was speaking to my old man about uh, like next step and journey and stuff. And he mentioned the MLR and it was only just going on YouTube and kind of Googling it and, and working out like what the actual season is and um, I just thought the rugby is pretty exciting. I think it's going to be a big league in a couple um, in the next kind of ten years. I think it's going to be a real, real like exciting league. Um, and I just kind of wanted to be part of it. You know, I think the rugby we play here is uh, it's exciting. And um, yeah, and I, I spoke to uh, Mike Friday, who is an, is an old friend of my dad. And um, yeah, he just put me in touch with the right people, and um, Utah approached me. Uh, and yeah, I just. I'd really like to speak to Sean Pitts and uh, Sean Davies as well and what they kind of uh, ex explained to me, the whole culture of the Utah Warriors and uh, the rugby, the kind of style they play. Uh, just really, I, I thought like it was really exciting for me. So, uh, yeah, it was quite an easy decision, to be honest. Um, yeah, for me anyway, I think Utah, uh, I was really excited to get here. I had a few visa problems, but like eventually, eventually got here and I'm, um, I'm settling in real well. The boys are real welcoming and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to get this season going. So it looks like you're having a lot more fun playing rugby and just throwing the ball around, especially yeah. in the second half of that game. Yeah. Your first impressions of major league rugby and getting stuck in with the boys. How does it feel? Yeah. Like I said, great. I mean, uh, real welcoming boys. Uh, like, I mean, the culture of the club is, is something that's pretty refreshing. I think um, I just think, just just the way like it's super inviting and uh, and how the coaches let you kind of express yourself and um it's kind of they're asking you what what you think you know instead of being told what to do and i, I think it's a really important uh, part of the, the the culture so yeah i mean taste of mol rugby was it was exciting you know it's quick it's fast it's um i quite like this 20 minute break as well you know it kind of makes it <laughs> kind of gives you 20 minute focus you can go in and you can chill out for like two minutes but um yeah like real real excited uh, after that san diego game i think we were pretty unlucky not to uh to pinch that one but um and and probably similar to seattle as well but yeah no real excited to get going does this team feel like it's on the fringe of turning that corner like you absolutely. talked about since the last two weeks have been so close absolutely i mean it's 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 um it's two results i don't really don't think they really reflect um the work we put in but um look san diego was it was our first game of the season it, 
it's always going to be a, a hard one to kind of, especially like you boys have been saying, it's new chemistry, uh, players that haven't played in a while. You know, we didn't really have a preseason game. We only had a scrimmage. So uh, things are coming together. And and also not to mention, I'm not making excuses, but to have a four-day turnaround after a real physical San Diego team um, and to travel as well, um, it does take an effect, you know. So um, I think this week we've had a real good week training. We've clarified a load of things and um, we're really, really ready to rip into Austin because... Like we know there's the best rugby is yet to be played at the moment. And um, I think it's just a, a point of just consistency. You know, we, there's like some real good passages of play, but it's uh, it's just being able to back it up. And that's the main thing. And I think we're uh, going to rip into Austin and uh, like really going to show the, the Utah, what the Utah Royals are about. So yeah, but boys are buzzing. Uh, we're not, we, I mean, of course we're frustrated. We're slightly disheartened, but like it's not going to take anything out of the fight on uh, come Saturday, you know? So how have things developed now between you and Cliven? You guys have had basically a match and a half of rugby together yeah. to kind of work on that chemistry. Obviously, another young player, a very exciting player with some World Cup experience and some national team experience coming out of Namibia. How is that working with him and getting to know him a little better? Yeah, it's been it's been great with Cliven. I actually live with him, so um see a lot of him on and off the field. But yeah, he's, he's a serious talent. Um, yeah, I, I really, I really like the way he plays as well. He plays uh, a real expansive, kind of exciting rugby. You, you don't know what, like, when he's gonna th like throw that spark, and you know, um, great footwork. Uh, he's real consistent, also a great kicker. So, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been pretty exciting uh, to, to be working with Cliven. And uh, I think, yeah, just the more we get to play with each other, camera she's gonna build. And uh, yeah, I think it's, it's quite an exciting partnership. Uh, I'm excited to to see to see uh, how how hard we can rip in. You mentioned your dad, former Irish captain. Um, what, what has he been able to provide to you that's helped you on the pitch? And, uh, and, and it sounds like off the pitch as well. Yeah. And look, he, he's been, he's been pivotal in my, like pretty much every, every, uh, every kind of team I've gone into and every, every standard I've been at, he, uh, he's just been able to offer just words of good advice that, you know, he's been there and done that, you know, he knows, he knows what I'm feeling and we're pretty similar characters. Um, so we do clash a lot, but, uh, I, I do listen to to his words because he he knows what he's talking about. He's um he's pretty clued in. So yeah, he just offers kind of just like just serious words of wisdom and and, and offers a little bit of calmness as well. You know, he he can see because he's 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 outside the bubble. Well, I, I'm kind of in it and I can get myself frustrated and whatever. And he's outside of it and he knows how I'm feeling and he knows the right things to say. He knows how to how to calm me down. He knows how to make me feel good. You know, so. He's uh, he's someone I seriously looked up look up to, uh, both on and off the field. To be honest, I mean he's 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 a, he's also a good mate of mine. So yeah, he's couldn't say good enough words for him. To be honest, love to see that relationship between pops and uh, and a son, especially where you guys have so much in common on the playing level. Um, so let's switch gears here for a little bit. Obviously, now rugby is the common ground that you have culturally in switching from England to America. What's the other big adjustments that you've had to deal with in uh, living and working in the States now? I mean, the first thing is the fast food, lads. Like, it's so hard to stay away from there. I mean, you can just have drive, <laughs> drive throughs everywhere I'm going. Like, um, I mean, that's the first thing. But, I mean, it's not, to be honest, London's pretty cold, but Utah's pretty pretty cold you know so that's the first thing i think i was adjusting to the weather um but i mean it's pretty similar like it's quite similar it's not i don't feel too uh i didn't really feel too out of place when i was here i felt like it's quite easy to slot in but 
No, the, the convenience of America is uh, is one thing that like it's it's making everything a lot easier. I mean, I didn't realize you can do drive-through banks and drive-through pharmacies. I mean, that that's completely alien to me, which is it's pretty awesome. I mean, but yeah, um, no, I'm I'm seriously enjoying uh, America, and it's it's something that I was uh, slightly concerned about when I was coming because I just didn't know what to expect. And now that I'm here, I can really see myself um, pushing on with the MLR and. Hopefully, have a few more years with Utah. You know, it's what we yeah, want to hear. Absolutely. And and in terms of travel, it's like you're going to go all over all over Europe in terms of distance, right? Like it's going to be fun to go to go to all over the country. It's going to be great. Um, okay, Austin this week, obviously a big game, like we talked about. What's the what's the conversation been like in terms of what needs to happen this week? I, I guess especially in the first half to try and ge- generate some more offense. Yeah, look, um, a big part of uh, what, what I mentioned was uh, we need to get the consistency. Like I said, we're, we're, there's some seriously good passes to play and some that we can take huge confidence out. But it's just about maintaining that standard. I mean, we want to we want to win the MLR and there's a standard you've got to be at, you know, every single game, week in, week out. And we've just we've just started slow, you know, and that's that's all that's to it. It's nothing, nothing that we're worried about. We know it's going to come. Uh, we know it's going to come, but we just need to kind of raise the consistency and the standard of that. I mean, and then once we're flying, honestly, I don't think any team can stop us. And I, I really mean that. Let's go. You know, to, to set that standard, it's going to take a full 80 minutes. And that means the boys have all got to be fit. According to insider sources, you may be one of the fittest lads ever. As I'm reading my messages here, you still hold the record for the best Bronco test at Quinn's. Is this yeah, true? Yeah. yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, oh. yeah. I trained hard that summer. I trained hard that summer. But yeah, it's um, I, I, they set me a target, and I, I'm just goal driven. So, like, they set me a target. I was like, "There's no way I'm achieving that. There's no way I'm doing that." But I kind of went away for the summer, and uh, I was training pretty hard, and I was kind of getting pretty close to the time. So I thought, you know what? Like, yeah, I'm just gonna leave it all out there. And there's actually a video of it, mate. And Honestly, it was probably the, the hardest fitness I've ever done in my life was that that final Bronco test. But like now I'm happy I got it in the bag, but it was a it was a struggle. It was a struggle. Well, that's awesome, man. Uh we're stoked that you're on the team and best of luck at uh Austin and and good luck staying away from uh Taco Bell and Wendy's, man. <laughs> I haven't even hit Taco Bell yet. You've just given me another Don't. Day, so. <laughs> You're in for a treat, bro. I don't, I'm having for dinner now, mate. So cheers, man. Yeah, it's Mexican food. You, well, it's American Mexican food, but yeah, yeah, you'll love it. You'll love it. I'm headed there in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you there, man. Niall, thanks for the time, man. Awesome, guys. Cheers. Take it easy. Cheers. Niall Saunders, the scrum half. He's such a massive addition to this team. I'm so excited to watch him continue to play. It's going to be awesome, Banksy. When you look at the talent that surrounds him, you know, the the core of this team is still intact. And when you look at the playmaking positions at 9, 10, and 15, there's three new faces in each one of those positions. Once these guys click, Niall said it. He's it's gonna be you're gonna be hard pressed to find a team in Major League Rugby that's gonna be able to stop what these guys want to do at those three different levels of play. And I feel like they're this close, right? Uh, second halves have been good, just a little more in the first. Okay, that'll do it for us. Like and share this episode of Dub Nation. Follow the Utah Warriors on social media. We'll see you Saturday night for Utah at Austin at 6 Mountain Time. For Robbie Abel, Niall Saunders, Mason Benson, Billy the producer, and Banksy, I'm Jerem Jordan. Go Warriors!